Welcome to the Craft to Career Podcast with Elizabeth Chapel, where every week we dive into how you can turn your craft into a successful career. Get ready to have the career you've always dreamed of. Welcome to episode 24 of the Craft to Career Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Chapel, and I am really grateful for this past week where I just launched the quilt pattern writing course and had so many talented quilters on all different levels of quilting join the quilt pattern writing course. So thank you for those who joined. And I've got a review to share with you today from Tonkovich Quiltery. It's at T-O-N-K-A-V-I-T-C-H Quiltery. And this review says, I love, love, love this podcast. Elizabeth is such a kind and understanding host that really wants to help people just like me who want to get started in a crafting career or further one that they already have. She encourages us every week by providing either motivation to keep working towards our individual goals or reassurance that we can reach those goals. Every single week I tune in and walk away with valuable lessons and takeaways. Thank you, Elizabeth. Well, thank you, Tonkovich Quiltery. I'm excited to go look up your account, and I am really happy that you are finding this podcast beneficial, that you walk away with something every week that helps you. And this week, I will be talking about how to start a business. Even if you have started a business and you think, well, I'm I'm not at that starting phase, There will be something in here that will resonate with you that will trigger some ideas. Even for me going through like outlining what I was going to talk about in this podcast, it was really helpful for me just to to think in this kind of different way. So if you are starting a business, I wanted to talk to you about this because a lot of times people jump into, here's what you do, but they're assuming that you already have these things in place. They're jumping ahead a little bit. And it's that very, very beginning, there's just not a lot out there on how to start from from scratch. And so I want to do that. I want to talk about that with you today. I remember back, what, in 2014, 15, when I was just thinking about starting the subscription box, Googling how to do that. There wasn't a lot out there. However, I did find a few articles from these people who started, it was called Yogi Box. It was a yoga box for people who do yoga. And they were so helpful with their information. And it was just, I appreciated that so much. And one of the things that they talked about was finding a niche. And Seth Godin talks about that too in his marketing book and on his podcasts. And the idea when they presented it just made so much sense. First of all, you want to find a market where people are already there. It's going to be a lot harder if you're creating something new and trying to convince people that they need this product, that they should be interested in this thing. But if you go where people are already congregating, so if you go like for me, there's quilters. I'm, all, I'm going to where this group is already having a passion for this thing. They already are spending time and money and it's something that they absolutely love. That makes uh, the barrier a lot less difficult to get people interested in what you're providing if it if it's something that they're already interested in. Same with the yogi box. They were reaching an audience of people who are already super dedicated to yoga. It's part of their identity. 
And it just makes it a lot easier if you go to a market, you know, that's already out there, things that I can think of. And there's, there's two thoughts here. One is a market where people are already interested. The other is where people are just going to be spending money anyways. So I met the owner of Squatch. It's, I think it's like Squatch soap or something. Um, back when I was doing my subscription box, the, the, the company that hosted my website had a big gathering for all these people who were doing subscription boxes and we went and he was there and I was, I'm still fascinated that his company does so well just by selling bars of soap that don't cost that much, you know, but he sells a lot of them and it's a subscription and guess what? We all need soap. And so you're going to keep buying that same with like the razor club. People buy razors all the time. So if you find a market where people are going to be buying that product over and over again, and you can create something that has its own unique spin or look or whatever it might be, that's great. That's perfect. You found an audience and you have a product that people are naturally going to be buying over and over again. And then on that same idea, if you find a niche where people are already congregating, where they're already interested, like quilting, they, that's their passion. That's something they love. They're going to already be interested in this area. They're going to be buying things in this area. So what can you provide to these people? It's, it's a lot easier to go to a market where people are already there. So that's the first thing is finding a niche in a market. And the second is to really niche down within that niche. And I say niche, I know some people say niche. I've actually done some research on this. This is a tangent, but um, it is a French word initially. And so niche would be original, but we won't get, whatever. If you say niche, that's totally fine too. That is neither here nor there, but you want to niche down within your niche. So let's assume that you've already found a market where you want to serve or a product that people are going to buy over and over again. Now you want to niche down even more. You want to get so specific that what you offer is so out on a ledge that you're going to think, oh, no one is going to want this. This would only serve a handful of people because a couple of things are going to happen. First of all, your customers are going to, if you do it well, you do it right, you have a good product, they're going to buy your product. And then they're going to tell their friends about your product. And their other friends who are interested in this little small niche are going to tell their friends. And all of a sudden, this, this thing that you thought served only a handful of people, you're going to find out serves a lot of people, a lot more than you are going to think is out there. So trust me on this. If you don't trust me, trust Seth Godin, who's a marketing expert, that this will serve you best if you are super unique in your approach. If you find a niche that is just so completely unique and you, even if it's not super unique, if it is 100% you and you shine through and it's, I mean, it's truly something you're passionate about. You can't quelch that. You can't hide that. You can't fake it. It will be something that resonates and is passionate. So you have a niche market, you have, you've niched down even more within that market. And now it gets even scarier, this idea, you want to narrow it down to just one product, just one thing. And this is really hard for entrepreneurs. I've done enough coaching calls and working with people starting a business. We creatives have so many ideas. 
and it's exciting and they're good. Generally speaking, they're good. And you could do all of them individually and probably find success. But if you try and do them all, you will not have success. So as hard and difficult as that is, you will be better served and your customers will be better served if you narrow it down to one thing. That, that is how you find success. And if you listened to my podcast last week, success comes from saying no to almost everything, according to Warren Buffett. And I believe him. I've seen it. I hear it from him. He's a trustworthy source. I have seen it enough with other businesses. So narrowing it down to just one item that you're going to sell And with that said, once you perfect that one item, you can add more on. I talk a lot about Apple. They started off with a computer. Now what do they sell? A watch, a phone, a music device, an iPad, headphones, ear pods, whatever you want to call them. So they've definitely branched out into more things. But That was only after they got known really well for the computer. And then the brand had enough trust, awareness that they could branch into other things. So it it is with any other business. You start with the one product and you get really well known for that one thing, then add in the other things. It also is better for you where you can really understand your customer. You can get good at the one thing. If you try to add too much at the beginning, you can't do any of it well and you'll you'll drop the ball with those things. So you want to offer just one thing. So we you know, now we've talked about you you have a product to sell. So going back to the very basics, you have a product to sell and now you need people to buy it. And that can be really tricky. You know, you can feel like, well, I have my family and friends, but how do I find people to buy this product? So the first thing that I recommend is to have a website. So some people will sell on Etsy or sometimes they'll list stuff on Instagram, but you really should have a home base, a website that is your own, that you own yourself for a couple of reasons. What I just touched on is yours. So you can put whatever you want there, but two, it's, you want to be able to tell people about you, have a picture of you on there. Tell them your story, your history in a well-written way in first person. Um, A thing I see often is people using third person. Sherry is a mom of three and let it, let this be a time for you to really connect with your audience to, to talk in first person and share your story from, from your point of view, from your mouth. Um, So, I mean, in case I don't know. Some people might not know what that is very well. So first person is, I am Elizabeth. I started this business in da, 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 da. Third person, Elizabeth started this business in 2015. So you want to use the I. You want to speak like you are talking to your audience. So on that about section on your website, use that to speak in first person. And then on your main landing page, be real clear about what you offer. You want to describe your product. On Etsy, well, there's a lot. I don't know a ton about Etsy, but it's harder to stand out from the crowd. You don't have a lot of real estate to talk about your product. Same with Instagram. And even if you are on Instagram or YouTube or some other platform, it's nice to have somewhere to send people where they can go and read more and learn more. And you can really 
share your product, tell people what it, what value it brings to them. Use that website to connect with your audience, to share what you're offering. So have a website and on that website, sell your product, um, list it for sale. However, however that might look, I use Shopify to sell my patterns. I actually really like Shopify. I'm not a super big like technology guru. It's user-friendly enough and it's pretty easy as far as listing items for sale. I also use Kajabi for my membership and for my courses. And Kajabi is a great platform if you are thinking of doing a membership or teaching a course. If you're going to go the route of courses and memberships, Kajabi can also host a blog, be your home landing page, all of that. So those are two really great places to start. And so at this point, we have you have your product, you have a website, and now you need to find ways to reach out and share your product with other people. If you have a wonderful website that's sitting out in cyberspace, but no one knows about it, it doesn't do a lot of good. So a couple things you can do, SEO, learning how to get good SEO so that people, when they search Google for your, your little niche, that you pop up high up on the Google search. Second is to be on some other kind of platform, whether it's TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, blog, podcast, or if you're teaching in person or doing lectures And each of those lends itself to what you're interested in. If you enjoy talking, podcast. If you enjoy writing, blog. If you enjoy videos, YouTube. If you like short little fun videos, TikTok. Pictures, Instagram, although Instagram is shifting more to being a video platform. So find what excites you the most, and maybe none of those do. But I will say it is important to to use some sort, it could be Pinterest as sort of a search engine. It is important to choose one of them. And I do suggest starting with just one of them and really being present there, really showing up and sharing consistent content and people freak out like, well, what do I do? I, I, I'm not a content creator. I'm a whatever product it is that you're selling. The big myth is that you have to be always coming up with new content to put on there. You don't. The biggest thing is sharing your process. So as you are working on your product, as you're packaging it, as you are whatever it is that your product entails, share that process, share behind the scenes, share the here I am, like I said, packaging, here I am sitting at my computer ordering. Let let people see what this looks like when you are working on this thing. And then you've got, I mean, you're going to be working on that every day. So you can take pictures every day. You know, I'm trying to think more in my market, but if you're cutting fabric, if you are, I don't know, doing the math to figure out a quilt pattern, um, looking for inspiration. So the pictures, whatever, however it is you're documenting this, whether it's video or podcast or whatever, but just give people that glimpse of what you're doing and sharing what you're doing. So you don't have to always be worried about Well, I need to have, in my industry at least, I need to make 100 quilts so I can always be sharing a brand new quilt. You don't have to do that. You can really just share what it is you're working on at that time. 
So there's the the next thing is finding a way to share about your product with others. And when you share that product, you want to be sure to tell people to that you're selling something. Oftentimes people get so afraid to to sell that you're never going to sell. You have to tell people, here's this, here's where you can buy it, and this will be for sale this day. Let people know that you are selling something. That's just such a basic one that people get so afraid of, and I get it. But if you want to have success with a business, you it's going to push you into some uncomfortable new areas, and this is going to be one of them. Maybe you don't, but I've yet to meet someone who is super comfortable selling something and feeling like not having an imposter syndrome, not questioning, are people going to like this? Um feeling nervous to put yourself out there. So just know that that is 100% normal and you just have to do it anyways. So just do it. And I would also recommend going back and listening to the naysayers podcast that I released uh, a few episodes ago, episode 16 to the naysayers, because that's really going to speak to you about the fears of putting yourself out there. And when people come to you, whether it's to you directly or, or you just hear people criticizing, I can't believe someone would sell this kind of product or this kind of thing, go back and listen to that episode 16. Because I mean, it's one that I have to listen to myself over and over again. But um, the people who are going to make it are the ones who push through that uncomfortableness, push through the ups and the downs. Are you going to make mistakes? Absolutely. We all do when we're starting a business. So giving yourself some grace, giving yourself some room to make mistakes and just own it and move forward. So then the question is, how do I get more eyes on this, you know, platform that I, let's for Instagram, we'll say Instagram because that's where I mostly am. So my biggest like secret, it's not that secret for growth is collaboration. And I feel like I say that so much, but it really is. And if there's one thing I could give people, it would be the courage to just ask people to collaborate. And if you're wondering, well, what, what is, what do you mean collaborate? Like, what does that look like? So different things that that might look like reaching out to someone and saying, I would, I love I'm thinking in my industry right now, but you could apply this to any industry. I love the fabric bundle that you just put together. I have a quilt pattern coming out. Would you want to create a bundle for my pattern? That way you are both going to be sharing about and promoting and collaborating. So collaboration is basically you serving someone, doing something to help them, and in exchange, they post about you to their audience. I like to call, call this borrowing someone's audience. You get to somehow provide value to someone else and they share about you with their audience. So other things that that could look like. Being a guest on someone's blog. Again, just have the courage to reach out and ask someone, hey, I have this blog post idea. I would love to write this for your blog. Would you be interested? And I would look at people who have an active blog who 
have a lot of comments or who has a big audience. And that's worth so much for you to be able to be on their blog. And it's worth a lot as a blog owner to not have to write that blog post. And so it's a win-win. You could also be a guest on someone's podcast, YouTube, any one of the other channels that someone has. You could be a guest lecturer. So really just any way that you can think to work with someone else where you're benefiting them in some way in exchange for them sharing about you to their audience. So be creative, be bold. People are going to say no or they're going to say nothing. But when they say yes, it is so awesome. And also... People will do this once and be like, yay, I did a guest blog post. This is something you have to do over and over again. It it is a lot of work, but it's free as far as I, you know, I've been doing Facebook ads and looking into Pinterest ads. And I mean, (laughs) I was going to say, I cannot tell you how much it is. I can tell you exactly how much it is. It's not cheap. It's just not cheap. And I have had way more success with collaborations as far as growth goes than I have with paid ads. And I don't know if that's just because of how the algorithm is right now or, and I hired a top notch ad agency, but collaborations, I will preach it from the rooftops. It's just such a great way to grow your business and to create friends along the way. So collaboration, 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 that is how you will get more eyes on you, on your product, what you serve. And then You need to have a way to gather people's information who are interested in what you offer. Right now, the best way to do this is through email. And I know people are like, no way, no one checks email anymore. The numbers don't lie. Uh, it, It is a thing like having an email list is the best marketing thing right now. I don't know the numbers on texting and sending out text messages to people, but industry standard is email and it, it does benefit. Like it just is, it's where it's at. So a way to gather those email addresses is to have an opt-in to have some way where when they come to your website, you can give them something in exchange for their email address. And I'm going to say this, that it's not real exciting for people to sign up to be on a newsletter. So if you say, if your opt-in is sign up for my newsletter, be the first to know about this, no one wants that. So maybe your mom, maybe your best friend who's really supportive of you, but if you can offer a discount to a product, if you can offer a PDF cheat sheet, if you can offer something tangible in exchange for their email address, that is more valuable. And whatever this opt-in is, whatever you're offering them, it should correlate very closely with what you are selling. So if you are selling, let's say shoes, and your opt-in is, a good opt-in would be like a pair of socks to go with the shoes or a discount for those shoes. But if you sell a toothbrush or have a free toothbrush, that's not a great opt-in. That's not, they're not there and they're not interested in the shoes. So whatever the opt-in is, whatever you're offering people for free in exchange for their email address, you want it to be like, well, they're clearly going to be interested in my product if they want this opt-in. So that is one way to gather their information. And then we've already talked about this, but you have to sell. 
So don't be afraid to let people know that you're selling something. And by don't be afraid, I mean, you just have to do it. If you are afraid, that's okay. But you just have to do it. You just have to tell them, here it is. Here it is for sale. This is where you get it. And just trust this, that the more you do this, the more you will see, okay, this post did well. This email did well. More people resonated with this. You'll start to notice trends of what, when people are more interested, what, what's resonating with them. You can even ask. You could do a survey. You know, what would you be more interested in? What are you looking for to answer this problem? Ask your audience what they're looking for and then provide that for them. So let's just do a little recap of what we've covered today. So to start a business, first of all, you have to have a product or a service that you're selling. Second, you have to have people to buy the product or service. Third, you have to have a place to sell that product where the exchange can happen. And I recommend having a website. Then you need to find a way to share your product with others. And then I, a few bonuses. Do a collaboration with people. Gather people's contact information. And be sure to sell. And so just to, to end it off, I just want to tell you that I am here as your cheerleader. It is so scary to put yourself out there, to start a new business, to offer something to the world. I mean, it just is so vulnerable, but you can do it. People do it and have success with it. And people do it and don't have success with it, but there's reasons for that. I mean, a lot of the things we talked about today are reasons people don't have success whether it's, it's not unique enough, they're trying to sell too many things, their audience isn't interested in what they have to sell, it's not a niche market. Um, so those are some things to look at if things aren't going the way that you want. But I just want to encourage you to be brave and to be bold and to stand back up again, to try it again. If something's not working, look at what's going on rather than saying, I mean, for example, well, Instagram's just not working anymore. No one is growing on Instagram. I invite you to change that way that you're looking at it and say, now Instagram is working for some people. How, what's working for them? What could I change? Or rather than saying, nope, the sales just aren't working. People don't like this product or whatever you might be telling yourself about why you aren't having success. Change that dialogue and look at what can I do to have more success with this? If you have specific questions about a business or if you want to have me look and dive deeper into one of these topics, go ahead and leave a comment or reach out to me. I love to hear from my listeners and to hear what they're interested in. In fact, the last two episodes are specific requests that I've had from listeners. And so I really do love to hear from you. And if you liked this episode and you liked hearing about how to start a business and it resonated with you, go ahead and leave a review. I really do love the reviews, but they also help the podcast to be seen by more people and to be discovered more. It's kind of like SEO for Google. There are certain things that help your blog or whatever it is you're putting out into the internet to show up higher on a Google search. Having good reviews and having people subscribe to the show help the podcast to show up more and to be recommended to people more. So if this is a show or a podcast that you're enjoying, then go ahead and subscribe and leave a review and help other people to discover it as well. 
Thanks so much for being here this week for this episode of the Craft to Career podcast. I'll be in touch next week. And until then, I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care. Mm-hmm.